You're listening to The Mumbrella Cast. The Mumbrella Cast. Welcome to the Mumbrella Cast. I'm Xander Wilson, and this week we've got a special interview diving into the changes that have just been announced to the Metro Radio Rating System. From the next GFK rating survey, Commercial Radio Australia is moving away from a sole reliance on paper diaries and towards a new hybrid methodology. The incoming Radio 360 system will include a mix of listeners wearing electronic watch meters, while paper diaries will begin to be phased out in favour of e-diaries. Live streaming data will also be integrated into the multi-million dollar system from 2022. It's the biggest shake-up ever to Australia's Metro Radio ratings. So here to talk about the changes are Commercial Radio Australia CEO, Joan Warner, and GFK Australia and New Zealand Managing Director, Dr. Morton Boyer. They join me now. So, Joan and Morton, thank you so much for joining me on the Umbrella Cast today. Thank you for having us, Sander. Thanks, Sander. It's a pleasure. So obviously some pretty huge news this week. It's been a long time coming, these changes that I've, you know, just gone over in in the intro there. Joan, to you first, how pleasing is it for you to be able to finally announce changes to the reporting system that have been a long time coming? Uh, yeah, well, since 1947, there's been very little change, Xander, as we know. Uh, and it was very, very pleasing to get to the point where we could actually say to people, hey, we've done a, a number of years' work on trying to work out what the best way forward is. You know, And as I've said to a few people back in the old days, like five years ago, we were looking at a linear jump from its diaries or its e-meters, nothing in between. And, of course, e-meters, as, as you would know, we always had some concerns about some of their shortcomings, not uh, being able to pick up streaming listening in those days or headphone listening. And all of a sudden, we, with our partners, GFK, said, hey, there's another way forward here. Listening is taking place across multiple devices uh, and with multiple uh, different platforms. So why are we restricting ourselves to just one? Why aren't we looking at everything we've got now, everything we can have, and what else is floating around and come up with a multi-tool, multi-modal approach to measuring radio listening? Because radio listening takes place everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And and the changes, as has been announced, will be staggered uh, with the transition to e-diaries beginning from the next, uh, we'll see that in the next results and then the addition of watches and streaming data from next year, um, which I'll go into in a little bit. But I just wanted to ask you, is, is the reason for the staggered transition perhaps because you're expecting to see significant changes in the final product or or is it is it more to test and, and see how it goes as we go? Uh, probably it's fair to say it's it's to take it slowly, not walk, not walk, you know, sorry, we need to walk before we can run. Let's understand this new data that we're bringing into the rating system, so the streaming data. Let's understand the impact the meters have on validating that data. Let's see how the diaries go. And, and you know, a number of people in the industry love to quote poor old Oztam and say, remember what happened when Oztam changed overnight? Well, we've learned from that and we're saying, okay, we're going to tell you what we're going to do. We've got a roadmap to the future and we hope to have lots and lots and lots of different stuff happening by survey for next year. But we're going to take it slowly and we're going to take people along with us for the journey. So we're not going to go, oh, here we are today and here we're going to be right down the road tomorrow. We're not. 
we're taking it slowly, we're looking at the data, we'll have a look at the impacts of everything we're trying to do, you know, mixing recall with um, electronic and data from server logs is a massive exercise and for radio, the first of its kind in the world. So um, it's a cautious approach after hearing some cautionary tales. Yeah, fair enough. And and obviously the last couple of years we've seen lockdowns that have impacted the extent to which paper diaries could be collected. Um, d- did that at all accelerate the move to, to the e-diaries or are we pretty much still on, on schedule? And and also will the, will the e-diaries that people will see be pretty similar to the digital surveys people filled out during lockdowns? Um, I think it's fair to say that COVID did push us faster than we may have gone towards e-diaries and in bigger proportions. Um, What we want to make sure with e-diaries from next year on, because there will be so many more of them, that it's a really good user experience. So while they will be online and they'll be similar to the paper diaries, I think it's fair to say GFK is constantly improving that experience, making it easier, um, allowing people to go in and out and complete those e-diaries. Yeah, and and just over to you, uh, Morton. Thanks again f- for joining us. Um, I'm sure many people like me will remember at the 2018 Radio Alive conference in Melbourne uh, when CRA announced the, a public trial of smartwatches. That was sort of the last we heard about watches and, until now. Um, off the back of that, many people probably in the industry would have thought we'd have seen changes in that time. Why is it only now that all the ducks have lined up for CRA and GRK from your perspective? Yeah, we discussed this not that long ago, actually, Xander, and the timeline that we had in mind at that time, we've actually still managed to stick to. So we're pretty much perfectly on schedule as far as what we had planned, which was already an accelerated timeline from where we had originally thought um, it would be when we first sort of tabled the Measurement Innovation Program initiative. So we obviously have needed some time to work with all the different types of data sets. So that pilot that we did, which we called the super pilot, was the largest of its kind. And the first time anything on that scale had brought together all those different types of measurement instruments and data sets as well. So we've been uh, busy at work looking at um, how, we can, how we can assess each of those different data sets because they all have their strengths. And as Joan said, you know, we, we, need to, um, we need to be mindful of the many different ways that audiences now can consume radio and the different types of devices that they can use. I think radio has always been a, a very complex medium to measure. And I think, you know, the landscape has become more complex as most media have over time as well. And we need to react to that, which is why we're looking to go down this path of not having a singular uh, measurement instrument or a singular data set, but having something that is more uh, varied and reflecting reflecting the uh, experience of the audiences themselves, but also something which is built with the future in mind, something that we can continue to innovate from incrementally as we go. Um, but as you've both pointed out, we're doing this in a phased approach. And this is very much the approach we always take with any kind of new media measurement system anywhere around the world. You do it in phases and you start by building the fundamentals and make sure that you've got it right. And then you add to that on top in a modular fashion. And that's exactly what we're planning to do as well with Radio 360. 
Yeah, definitely. And and for you and for GFK, what have some of the biggest challenges been in terms of getting everything ready for this new methodology? I mean, you speak of the complexity of of any sort of change, and and, and this this new system feels like it it probably had more complexities than than you know a straight change from something to something else. Joan speaks about you know Oz Tam um, back in the two thousands making that change. Yeah, what what were some of the biggest challenges here? I think. I mean, the first challenge I think I could point out was to do with the data science involved. So when we talk about the complexity of the new system, I think having these different types of data data sets, harmonizing them and using them together, as Joan said, I think so much of previous reviews around the world when industries have looked to switch measurement instruments and, and data sets has been quite quite binary, so one or the other. But I think using these different types of data sets together and preparing the data and analyzing analyzing the data and comparing it has been where a lot of work has gone into. I mean, in addition to that, there's also obviously some hardware challenges and um, measurement instrument. The, the measurement instruments themselves are constantly developing also. So I think arriving at the final conclusion around all the different things that we want to use and put forward in the first iteration of the new system um have been have been where the where the greatest challenges have been i think obviously once we now start to set up and and get and get going there will be logistical and operational things as well but i think it's very well prepared and i think you know to your earlier question as well about the data changing all of this time we've spent and invested in uh, understanding the different data sets and their strengths um, will help us ensure that there is consistency and continuity in the ratings as well, in spite of all the exciting changes that are coming. Yeah, definitely. And I wanted to, um, you know, dig dig a bit deeper into the the challenges with the hardware. Um, I, I remember in 2018 with with the trial there, it, you know, it was you guys didn't make any um, secret of the fact that you know those watches back then had a bit of trouble doing things like picking up ambient listening and and stuff like that. Um, th- those issues, I assume, have been addressed. And 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 what other you know sort of tech has gone into 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 the watches as they will be rolled out next year? Look, the watches, as as far as wearable technology is concerned, are world leading and first class. So some of those some of those things that the characteristics that you mentioned, Xander, apply to any any kind of wearable meter when it comes to radio audience measurement. So it was never unique to GFK's particular um, measurement instruments and watches. It's something we have observed um, throughout all time when it comes to passive measurement of radio listening. So these are some these are some things that are very inherent to any kind of wearable technology. The sort of other things that we looked at were obviously to do with the um, app as well. So back in back when we uh, first announced the measurement innovation program, we also had a look at uh, measuring radio audience measurement passively using an app. That that is where we also ran into some hardware challenges with respect to the fact that different users will have different types of phones. And and again, this is why we have concluded that we want to start with the um, watches because that, that is an environment where we have consistency as far as the hardware is concerned. And we did see in the Superpilot that they performed significantly better than the app. Having said that, we'll obviously continue to work on improving the app. Um, and the watch itself has come a long way over the years as well with respect to its design and technical capabilities as well. And we'll continue to make improvements to that to encourage respondents to accept the watch and also to 
to comply with the instructions, which are very straightforward. Yeah, definitely. Um, and to you, Joan, uh, how are all the radio networks feeling about this change? I assume it's something that's been welcomed with open arms. Yeah, they're very excited, actually. Um, and it's interesting, our board, which is made up of, you know, CEOs and CFOs and other C-something-Os, um, are really across this. They've been very hands-on. I guess you'd say they've been down in the weeds with some of this stuff. So they understand what we're doing and where we're going quite well. Um, we did a big network briefing on Friday for those teams that didn't hadn't been as involved. Obviously, the key research people in each network have been involved as well. So there's a lot of knowledge at the top levels and in the middle management levels of where we're going and, and why we're doing it this way. And there's also, you know, a little bit of future looking forward and saying, well, this is great. Once we've got uh, the digital uh, data sets set up, we'll have our diary data set, we'll have our uh, data we're getting from the watch meters, we'll have our streaming data, which is what the market's been asking us for. How do we get to those incremental audiences? What can we do next? So this is just the beginning. This is not, okay, by the time we get to Survey4 next year and we've integrated streaming, that's it, we're done. We won't be done. I think there'll be a lot of other uh, ideas put forward, such as maybe looking at integrating other digital audio properties from radio like podcast or like web traffic into the main data set. And let's not forget that this, all of this will be audited. It will be run through, it will be independently audited by a third-party auditor and it will be have to be, any analysis will have to be run through a gold standard accredited radio analysis tool. So all of that work, which is another reason we're taking our time and making sure we're dotting the T's and, uh, sorry, dotting the I's and crossing the T's, um, really it's a mountain of work that we've got to start right now to hit our very aggressive timetable, as Morton keeps telling people, it's a very aggressive timetable. Yeah, I mean, unsurprising that, that the networks are, are keen to embrace the change. And, and in the announcement that, that went out this morning, uh, this being recorded on, on Monday the 13th of September, there was also a statement from uh, Peter Horgan from OMG and the MFA welcoming the change. What other feedback have you had from agency and Adland? And, and, and do you expect, you know, buyers to really embrace trading off the new numbers pretty much straight away? Um, well, when we get the new numbers out to them, yes, uh, especially when they're able to see the total audience number, which will include actual streaming, not recall streaming. Um, and it won't be, you know, it'll be coming from the network server logs, it'll be coming through the SDK that GFK has put into some streams. Um, and so those figures will be audited and real and validated. So we expect that to be embraced with open arms. Um, we've had, we briefed uh Peter Horgan and Sophie, of course, from MFA, pre the announcement, we briefed AA and we briefed uh, IMAA. And all we've got back from those groups is this is great. We can't believe you're doing it. We can't believe you've done it. Um, and we're really looking forward to uh, working with you because we have said to them, we'll continue to brief you. This isn't going to be you're only hearing from us now. We'll be working away in the background. You'll hear from us maybe next June, when we're releasing streaming figures, that's not the way we intend to do this. We intend to keep everybody well across how we're going. So I think, yeah, with uh, obviously there's a few cynics that, you know, like, like to um, uh, question what we're doing. But overall, the, uh, the response has been overwhelmingly positive.
Yeah, and just one for you, Morton, off the back of um, that conversation around, you know, the addition of streaming numbers, not just it being recall, but but there being, you know, that actual hard data as well. Should we expect to see that still, you know, broken down and as expressed as a share number and and a cum number, uh, or or you know, will will there be other data sets available, you know, when the ratings drop? Yeah, so. Xander, there will be the same metrics available that you have available right now when it comes to the streaming figures. The big difference is, I mean, we've got streaming figures included in the radio ratings now, but the big difference is that you'll be able to drill into a lot more detail and access much more granular data when it comes to the streaming audiences, which of course can be an audience that can be um, targeted and accessed much more directly by advertisers and agencies. So you know, from, from, from that perspective, um, that consistency in those core metrics that you mentioned will still be there. Um, and we are introducing, as you've said, two different types of non-recall data sets now, streaming data being one and the watch data from the meter panel being the other one. So I think, I mean, as Joan said as well, the, the other thing um, I'll reiterate here is that the, the whole measurement system has come about in in response to industry demand and where where the needs of the industry have been. Um, We've got a lot of um, excited uh, research geeks at GFK, as you can probably imagine, uh, at the prospect of um, getting to play around with all these different data sets. But it's, it's, you know, an important point to note that it's not innovation for innovation's sake. It's very much in response to where we see the need being and the way that audiences are evolving and that the landscape has changed over time as well. Uh, So I think, you know, if we begin with the assumption that no single measurement instrument or data set is perfect, then really it's a very logical flow from that, that, you know, having this um, diversity of measurement instruments and data sets will only help to to get to a a stronger measurement system. And and the other thing that we're um, interested in, of course, as a global company is that we will learn a lot from... um, looking at all these different data sets and um, pulling together the data science that will be required for Radio 360 in Australia. And I think there's many other opportunities for us uh, to take this into other markets around the world. And we've had so much interest already um, from many other countries in what's happening in Australia and what the outcome of the measurement innovation program will be and the new radio audience measurement system. Yeah, definitely. And just one for you as well, Joan. So obviously in the last six months and even recently we've it's and during lockdown as well, we we've seen numbers reported from the from CRA and also the networks themselves around really just booming digital streaming numbers, listening to di- digital radio in numbers that we haven't seen before. Um it, I guess it feels like a happy coincidence that, that we'll be able to see that all happen really off the advent of, as I say, the last two years, we've seen digital radio streaming numbers in numbers we've never seen before. Yeah, and, and I, I think, um, you know, we're, we're, we're hearing that from stakeholders. Look, you're telling us that digital audio is booming. Uh, certainly broadcast is still the main way that people are listening, but, you know, I think it's tripled Morton can bear me out on that, over the last five years, streaming listening and DAB has always been very healthy. Um, But we've also had smart speakers which have come into the market and, you know, 26% of people now have smart speakers and we see them as a way into rooms radio hasn't been into for a while. 
And that's why we did that work with Google and uh, Amazon with the radio app to make sure that it was the default radio player and worked every time someone opened their speaker and said, can you play today FM for me without going to New York? So, you know, that's a very important area and we've been watching that. Uh, and that I think that will only grow, listening via speakers, smart speakers. Um, and, of course, streaming. People want radio everywhere they go, so they're listening via radio app and station apps. Uh, and so, yeah, it's sort of like a, a serendipitous moment, I think, for what we're trying to do and the way radio audiences are changing their behaviour in listening to radio content. Yeah, and you just mentioned something there that I've almost forgotten about, not forgotten about, but not something that I've asked uh, CRA for a while, but the radio app itself, um, something that I personally still use. Um, how, how are you guys seeing the uptake of that? Did you see greater in, greater downloads on that during, during COVID? Um, what's, what's the latest on the radio app? Yeah, we did. I haven't got any figures in front of me for this for this podcast, I'm very sorry, but I'm sort of throwing you there. <laughs> maybe we'll do another. Maybe we'll do another one on radio app some other time. But yes, no, no. The downloads of radio app, and and of course, its use through smart speakers has been phenomenal because people have gone on and and they haven't, you know, they haven't had to try and find a station. They just say the name of the station, and radio app is delivering it to them. So it's it's a very useful tool, even though all of our members have their own apps, and that's great. But radio app has been a very useful. It is a one-size-fits-all because we've got the ABC and SBS on there as well. And so that gets Australian radio into these channels. And we're doing a lot of work at the moment with car manufacturers. And Radio App is proving a useful key because they're saying, we don't want to have 5,000 different apps. Um, and we, we still want broadcast radio, but we, we don't want 5,000 different apps for radio stations. So Radio App, great, come on in. And we only have to talk to one lot of people. We don't have to talk to 33 networks. So it's going well and it's, it's doing its job and it's serving its purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And just before we wrap up, um, I, GFK's you know, current contract runs out with CRA in 2023. I understand that's now been extended. What can you tell us about that? Well, we've, um, you know, they've been a fantastic partner over the last, since 2018, exploring all of these things. They put an enormous amount of resource into it, not only here, but globally. Their global scientists have been involved. Um, we've had some late night, late afternoon conversations with them where I'm sure we frustrated them in saying, we want this and we want this. And they're going, oh, we oh, don't know, we're data scientists. Um, so they've been great. So the board decided, this, as I said, this is the start, not the end of innovation for radio audience measurement. So when we were talking about the future with GFK, as we were coming close to this announcement, we mutually decided we would sign the letter of intent to say we're going to add another five years to, the, to our relationship timeframe because we believe there's a lot more work to be done and there will be a lot more development and unknown things even now that, you know, in two or three or four years, we'll need a good partner to help us and a partner with global expertise. So, yes, yeah, so we've, we're in a partnership with them till the end of 2028. Super exciting, obviously. Um, and just one final thing, Morton, uh, you, you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier that, you know, plenty of data scientists very excited uh, working on this project and for all the things that, that, that will be moving forward. Um, this is obviously a multifaceted new way of, of measuring. What what there excites you most? Yeah, look, I think it's about the possibilities that having 
um, the passive data sets included now, as well as the introduction of a panel. So I think that is a data asset in addition to the streaming data, of course, as well, because previously with the diary methodology, you had a moving sample where we were interviewing different people every survey. And it's much more difficult from a data science perspective for us to build and innovate on top of that in a modular, incremental way. Whereas with this new system now, we do have that possibility to add things, you know, and if we are able to, which we're working on every day, improve some of our measurement instruments, then we can introduce that to some of these data assets that the radio industry now has. I think also the final thing I'd say is just um, what one of the things that's excited us the most is just the, um, the way the partnership with the radio industry has worked because COVID, I think, has um, changed a lot of organisations in many different ways and we've certainly observed um, when it comes to innovation and change, some industries and organisations have sort of gone into a fight or flight kind of mode when it comes to anything new or different and it's just been really encouraging and I have to commend the industry for forging ahead with what we have now been working on for several years as you know Um, and um, you know stepping up and and, and joining us on doing something exciting and interesting and new and also being open as you've heard from Joan to um, you know seeing this as the beginning something that we can continue to build on together and um, you know for the innovation to go on. Yeah, definitely, and and really looking forward to to the rollout later this year, and and you know what the possibilities moving forward. Um, anyway, Joan Warner and uh, Dr. Martin Boyer, thank you so much for joining me on the Mumbrella Cast today. Thank you, Xander. Thanks, Xander. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Mumbrella Cast, and remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to get notifications whenever a new episode drops. Also, join us this Thursday when QMS Media's Gemma Enright will be joining me to chat about the lucrative City of Sydney contract. But for now, thanks for listening.